So how did your research go? Well, remember yesterday when you texted me and asked if I'd finished my research and I said, don't worry about it. I do remember that. Yeah. And you said that made you extremely worried about it. Yes. Okay. So I started and finished my research today and finished about an hour and a half before you got here. That's extremely worrisome. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's... It's fine. It's going to be great. That's the entire way I made it through college and that worked out fine. So we're not changing anything now. That. That worries me, yeah. Especially when you texted me and you said, don't worry about it, is the exact thing that makes <laughs> would make somebody worry, yeah. No, it's going to be good. I got um, it under control. So, so what are we covering today? Greenbrier Ghost, right? Right. So on January 23rd, 1897, Zona Heaster passed away from what was determined to be natural causes at the age of 23. However, her grieving mother witnessed a supernatural experience that led her to believe things were not as they seemed. This is Country, Country Roads, Roads Creeps. <laughs> I think we're getting a little better at that. Yeah, every, it's every a little better it, every time. It's, eventually, we're going to stop syncing up and it's going <laughs> to, we're going to just fall apart, but it's it's been better. It is. Um, so you completely started your research today. Well, yeah, I already knew the finished. story. Yeah. No, okay. So I knew the story. I had done the research. I had read and figured out everything about it. I just hadn't written it down into a cohesive format so that's right. the part that i did today okay. sure. <laughs> just a little bit ago but now um, that, that makes it like fresh in my mind yeah so okay <laughs> yeah um so this is episode two we've yeah. been this is a full two episodes now mm -hmm. um and we're kind of on a roll honestly yeah. That, well, maybe one of us is. You, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this goes. You started your role today. <laughs> and yeah. Do you have any um, shout outs you want to say before we start? Yeah. Tyler from Sweetwater hooked me up with this nice pop filter. I have one for you and I totally forgot it. Yeah. And you forgot but that candy was, from the box. I So the candy that came with the pop filters, I completely ate. <laughs> And so there's, uh, I think a couple other things that we want to order for the, for the podcast. So we'll get, we'll get on that and then I'll give you the candy from that. Thank you. I'm holding you to that. I'm, I'm so close. Cause we've been talking about that, uh, that mixer for the podcast mm -hmm. and it's like specifically designed for podcasts. We can input like audio and like sound effects, sound effects spice and stuff it like up. That. And I'm. I'm so close to just like calling Tyler up and being like, hey, listen, man, I just send it. I Because there's so many fun ideas that I have. Yeah. And every I'm like, I want to hit a sample here and I just can't. So And put some extra candy in the box because Shane eats all yeah, of it. I'll tell him put two bags of candy because <laughs> my co-host needs one. So anyway, um, you have a special shout out. Yes. Okay. So this episode is sponsored by my youngest sister because after the first one that we put out, she sent me $13 on Apple Pay and said it was a spooky donation for the podcast. So shout out to my little baby sister. We love her. She rocks. Yeah. You said, um, you said, why did you donate 13? Yeah. She said it's spooky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Our story starts with the birth of Elva Zona Heaster at the foot of Little Sewell Mountain, which is in Greenbrier County. Um, if you're not familiar with, you know, the state of West Virginia, that's more towards the southern part of the state. And this is going to happen somewhere in the 1870s. I couldn't find her exact birth date, but based on her age when she got married, I'm estimating that this is somewhere in the 1870s. You know, right. right there. So there's not many details about her early life. 
Um, I found that she goes by her middle name, so I'll just be calling her Zona through this. That's what she's referred to in all the research. And her father was a farmer. She was a middle child, had four brothers, and lived in a very religious home, which would have been typical of, you know, all the families in this area at that time, and still mostly today. That's kind of the area there. So then in October 1896, we're fast forward in a bit here, she meets a blacksmith and um, remember how you pronounced everything wrong in episode one? Yes, okay. I do. I do. It was terrible. And all, you know what also I learned <laughs> about pronunciations is that if you run like any kind of spooky podcast or like all the true crime people that talk about medical stuff, yeah, the main demographic for people that listen to those podcasts are our kind of podcast. Mm-hmm. They're all nurses awesome. and they're all awesome. women Perfect. and they are all like just nipping at the bud to, <laughs> or not nipping at the bud. They're barking up the tree or whatever <laughs> to correct you about how poorly you mispronounced everything. Right, so. Awesome start for us. Yeah. So I brought that up to say that I'm about to mispronounce this name. Okay. So she meets this blacksmith. His name is Erasmus Stribbling Shoe. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. He called himself Edward. Everybody else called him Trout. I don't know why. Trout. So, yeah. okay. So his name isn't Edward. His name's not Edward. His so name's not Trout. That's what he calls himself. Yes. And, but he calls himself. And everybody else calls everybody him Trout. Everybody else calls him Trout. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody calls me Elephant Man because <laughs> of my mugs. Okay, so I'm just going to call him Shu, his last name. That's how he's referred to in all the research, and that's just easier. Okay. So one report that I found said that when they got married, Zona was 23 and he was 37. I only found their ages written in one place, so it's hard to say for sure. Also, this, I mean, this story happened in a small town in West Virginia over 100 years ago. So details are going to get a little mixed up yeah small you know? town america isn't really known for its record keeping especially right, yeah. 150 years ago so, right and i yeah. did find some records in the west virginia archives website but a lot of these were lost in a courthouse fire so a lot of it's <laughs> of course, you know it's like yeah. passed down from oral tradition the newspapers that were left so there are a lot of things that you know, one source says this is what happened. One source says this is what happened. So I yeah. just tried to go with what I found the most often through different sources. Do you but I only found their ages in one place. Do you think it's weird that there's a lot of records that have existed in the past for like very, very old stories and all of them have been burned yeah, down? Yeah, that happens so like often. Hospital records right. get burned. The courthouse records get burned. All the business records got burned. And it's like right. so at a certain point, at least one or two of them has to be suspiciously done. Yeah. So. so I did want to throw that out there that I am almost certainly going to say something that is probably not true, but you know, yeah. it again, small town, West Virginia, over a hundred years ago, the facts are going to be a little hazy. Yeah. So we think that she was 23 and he was 37 when they got married. Now, right off the bat, Zona's mother, Mary Jane Heaster did not like shoe at all. She didn't really give reasons, or if she did, it wasn't written down. Nobody knows why her mother didn't like him, but it was an intense dislike, didn't trust him. She referred to him as the devil later on in this story. So it might have been good. just some mother's intuition or Lots she, of I don't mother-in-law know. say that though, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so her mother um, hated this guy, but they, you know, they were in love. They wanted to go get married. So they eloped. And when they got married, she wore a high-collared burgundy-colored dress. That is an important 
detail for later. And that, that's their, her wedding dress was a yeah. high collar burgundy. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So think about like high collar going up the neck, you know, long, yeah. of course. So they are married Not for two months. Ankles. Yeah, no, very modest, nothing scandalous. They're married for two months. And in those two months, everything seems to be going well. They're getting along. They seem happy. Um, nothing is amiss. No one has any cause for concern. Everything's fine. But in the third month, that is where disaster strikes. Oh, yeah. That honeymoon phase was real short. Yeah, Yeah. it's over now. So it was January 23rd, 1897. Shu was working at the blacksmith shop, and he leaves and asks a neighbor boy named Andy Jones if he can go home and see if Zona wants anything from the store because she had been ill for a few weeks. So he asked this neighbor boy, he was about 11 years old and he, they would pay him to come and help with chores and stuff. So he tells okay. Andy, you know, go see if Zona wants anything from the store before I come home. Cause she's not been yeah. feeling well. So Andy goes to their house, knocks on the door. Nobody answers. No one comes to the door and he just lets himself in because you know he's been there a lot. He helps yeah. them out. He's familiar with the house. He goes in and he finds Zona laying down on the floor. And so like he he yells her name again. She doesn't move. He goes over, is going to try to like shake her awake and she's cold. And that's when he realizes that she's dead. Oh no. Yeah. And then he looks and so like he looks at her face. She's just staring at him with her eyes open. So he realizes that she's dead. So he takes off running back to his mother's house. He tells his mom um, and then he keeps running back to where Shu was, I believe at the blacksmith's workshop and tells him they all go back to the house together. When they get there, Shu, you know, appears to be distraught. He's crying. He's in hysterics. He gets down and he cradles Zona's head and he um, asks for someone to call Dr. George W. Knapp. He is the local doctor mm. and the coroner. He plays both parts here. He's the he's the local doctor and the, and the coroner. coroner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He does, dual, George dual Knapp purpose. sounds like like a name that I'm supposed to know from like current day or something. I don't know. It is one of those names. Yeah. Yeah. K N A P P. Dr. Knapp. But so he's the coroner and the doctor. Mm -hmm. So he, he comes, checks on you and pronounces you dead. Yeah. And does your autopsy. And then (laughs) he's a weekend reverend and he does your funeral. (laughs) Real one-stop shop. Yeah. And he probably cuts hair too. It's probably also the barber. And he kills people. And that's, he (laughs) lives on Fleet Street. (laughs) No, he doesn't. (laughs) Okay. So they call for Dr. Knapp. And Dr. Knapp comes over. He tries to resuscitate Zona, but it's too late. Nothing can be done. All of his efforts fail. Okay. Um, <laughs> so they say. <laughs> it seems, seems weird to me that like the kid sh- finds her and she's cold. Mm-hmm. And he runs and tells the doctor like, hey, th- that Zona shoe lady that I work for, she's cold. <laughs> and I think she's dead. And he comes over and he's like, I guess I'll give her mouth to mouth. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. I guess he just wanted to try. Okay, so he realizes there's nothing he can do. And so he starts his examination of like her body to try to figure out yeah. how she died. The can I ask you a question about this? Yes. <laughs> An examination as in like, I guess like a rudimentary autopsy or whatever they did in that time. Yeah. But you're talking about like Civil War era medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Or like shortly after there. So this is when all of the doctors like it was like a sign of a good doctor if he had a lot of blood on his apron. Right. <laughs> like they don't wash a, their hands. He's done a lot of like <laughs> amputations and everything. So yeah. is it, is it like his thing? Like there, he just has like a saw blade and like a hammer and that's his <laughs> autopsy tools. Yeah. He's like, well, 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All the limbs are still here, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. There's, no. They don't know about germs or anything back then. They don't know. <laughs> like, he's like, well, she's got a bruise, but uh, she's found at the bottom of the stairs. So oh, I don't, hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> hard to say. Yeah. So, well, so he does his whatever his examination consists of, but the whole time that he's doing this, her husband is holding her head. The whole time, like cradling it, you know, because he appears sad, you know, his wife's dead. He's upset. He's so he's cradling her head. He's crying. He's getting very worked up. Um, And so before Dr. Knapp is able to do like a a complete investigation, Shu gets very upset and tells him to stop and asks him to leave. And he he doesn't let him like continue examining her whole body. Mm. So there's other um, family members that come over or neighbors just as witnesses, I assume it's probably whoever was nearby comes and, um, they help, you know, put her in different clothes, get her ready for the funeral. That was kind of custom at the time. It was usually be the women in the community would come and dress the deceased, get them all fixed up and everything. Um, so that was the custom that the women would come do it. I remember hearing a, maybe it was another podcast. I think Theo Vaughn, another comedian did, he did a really good podcast with a, uh, a mortician where, uh, they they talked about a lot of the old customs, I think. But yeah. I've I've heard in some other places that like it was it was always custom that you would you would have the body just in your house. Yeah, and you that's would where clean she it, was. For and sure. you would dress it for the funeral, and it was part of like the mourning process. And then at some right. point, people just started like come get it, take it away. And then the next time you see your dead relative was basically at a wake. Right. So, which is kind of a weird transition, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what led to that, but that is pretty much what happened. So the women in the community came over and, you know, we're going to help dress Zona and prepare her for the funeral and everything. But Shu actually helped dress her, which was kind of uncommon because usually the men didn't do that. And so he dresses her in that dress I mentioned earlier that she got married in, the one with the high collar. It's like a high yeah, the stiff burgundy. collar. The, yeah, the burgundy yeah. dress. And he also takes a large veil and like folds it around her head a couple times and ties a bow under her chin. And so he's Is kind of customary dressed her up. Or? It wasn't. No. Oh, okay. So yeah, so he's wrapped this thing weird. around her head, tied it under her chin. And witnesses reported that while this was happening, her head was loose on her chin and would drop side to side when not supported. So her head was like moving around more freely than what would be expected. Okay. Oh, that's suspicious. Yeah, a little bit. That's weird. And so I'm not entirely sure like how long this process took, like how long she was in the house or whatever. But once she was in the casket, Shu put items on each side of her head. On one side, he put a folded up sheet. And on the other side, it was just another unnamed article of clothing. Some sources said it was a small pillow and some said it was a rolled up like garment. So I'm not sure it was on the other side. So folded sheet on one side, another item on the other. And he said it was to make her more comfortable and to rest easier. Well, she's dead. so Right. And then he also tied a large scarf around her neck that he said was her favorite. Uh Uh-huh. So that's kind of some weird stuff happening. Makes it really seem suspicious that maybe her neck was broken and he knew about it. (laughs) Right. And maybe he was trying to keep other people from knowing about that. We will get into that. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, after this like very short examination and all of this stuff, Dr. Knapp stated that she died of everlasting faint. You want to guess what that is? Everlasting faint Mm -hmm. where, okay. So fainting, you like, she like gets scared (laughs) and faints. And then everlasting would be like, you got so scared that you fainted 
for forever. That's probably what I would have guessed. Not a bad guess, but it basically meant heart attack or heart failure. Just say that. Basically, well, Chris, same they thing. didn't know about heart they attacks. They didn't know about heart attacks. Guess, no. he, yeah. So he called. He said that it was everlasting faint, but in a later report, wrote that it, she died from childbirth, even though she wasn't pregnant. That wasn't they pregnant. Know. Didn't have a baby. Didn't have a baby. No. Didn't. Wasn't even in the process of having was a baby. Just, yeah, in the floor dead. So I don't know what yeah. made him change that report because he first wrote that it was everlasting faint, and then later on it was written as childbirth. But there was, I looked into that and there really wasn't anything else that was convinced it was childbirth. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. doesn't matter because all the records burned in a hospital fire. Right. In a courthouse courthouse fire. fire. Yeah. So she was buried on January 24th, 1897 in what is now known as Soul Chapel Methodist Cemetery. And her her grave is marked. So if you're yeah. in that area, you can go see where she is buried. Is that one of, is it? Do you just have to go there and look for it, or is it like a special, like historic marked kind of thing? I think there's a historical marker near the cemetery, but I don't think there's. I think her plot is just like a normal okay grave yeah. plot. Yeah, yeah. This is where like all my knowledge of the whole story ends. Anyway, like I yeah. I, I think I told you I watched a video. Somebody said something about like a like a ghost story, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and I watched a video, and it go it went up to. The point where like they find her dead and then they, right. the coroner doctor takes care of her. And then I realized this is the thing that yeah, I'm not supposed to look at it. because. <laughs> Let me tell the story. Let yeah. me tell the story. Okay. So to recap, she was found dead in her home. The doctor said it was everlasting faint. She's buried January 24th. And that's kind of that, you know, people just accept this is very sad and life goes on. Right. Now. But now we bring in our main character, Mary Jane, which is Zona's mother. Ooh. So of the co- one that called her son-in-law the devil. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, she's distraught, understandably, because her daughter died. And so she's spending the next few weeks, you know, at home praying, trying to work through it. She's, um, it was reported, you know, she said that she was praying and praying and praying. That's pretty much all she's doing. And so one night after her death, she, you know, does her prayers. She goes to bed and she wakes up and this is where it gets creepy. She says she claims that Zona appeared in her bedroom. So like Zona's ghost came back to see her mother and she woke up, looked at her and reached her hand out towards her and said that she was trying to look for the coffin. But then as she was reaching for Zona, she disappeared. And so that's all that happened on the first night that she saw her. There were no words Mm. exchanged. She just saw her in the bedroom looking at her. So the next night she's praying again and she starts praying that Zona will come back because she feels like she needs to tell her something. Right. So she prays for her to come back. She, and then, so she comes back on the second night or she claims to see the ghost again. Yeah. This happens two more nights. So it's four nights total. Okay. And how, how long after they buried her did this? This was a couple weeks later. Okay. A couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, On the second, third, and fourth night, Zona's ghost talks to Mary Jane and tells her that she didn't die of everlasting faint. Oh, you don't say. Right? You know, or or childbirth. I don't think that was brought up. I don't, that just came out later. But her ghost tells her mom that Shu was angry because Zona didn't have meat to cook for dinner, even though she had cooked plenty of other food. Talked about having like a lot of jams and fruit and preserves and bread and things, but she hadn't cooked any meat. So she said that Zoo, or sorry, I said Zoo, Shoe, <laughs> that Shoe yeah. went into Trout. Edward 
one of those names, went into a rage and was, you know, hitting her and pushing her and that he squeezed her neck off at the first joint. Squeezed her neck off? Yeah. Like, that's what the just ghost popped said. it. Yep. Yeah. Like squeezed her neck Ooh. off at the first joint. Um, so after these, you know, ghostly appearances, Mary Jane goes to her brother, Johnston Heaster. So this would have been Zona's uncle. It's her brother-in-law. Okay. So Zona's uncle. Um, and she tells them what's going on and they start going around the town and like telling people what Mary Jane saw and that they think that Shu actually killed Zona, that it wasn't yeah. whatever the doctor said. They think she was murdered and people are just kind of like, they're not really believing it, but they're right. sympathetic to Mary Jane. They have pity for her because she lost her daughter and they think she's just struggling with that. Yeah. Um, so they, they listen to her. They feel sorry for her, but they don't really believe her, you know, which, you know, that's kind of a hard story to believe. Yeah. To be fair. And I guess this is kind of like at a, at a point where if, if somebody comes with a ghost story there, there, you only have like two sides where people are like, ghosts aren't real or like, yeah, we totally believe that because right. it's a very like, it's a very weird time. Right. Very old timey kind of 1800s vibes. And at this point in the story, no one had any reason to think that Shu would do anything like that. Because like I said, their first two months of marriage yeah. were fine. There was no problems. So no one really had a reason to believe that he would have killed Zona. Yeah. Other than the fact that he was holding her head the entire time and right. it would it was all loosey goosey yeah. on her neck and everything. That oh, was, and something I forgot weird. to say about that was that during the funeral he he stood at her head at the casket the entire time and wouldn't let anybody like come up to her head, not even her own mother. He stood by her head the whole time during the funeral. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's not so, suspicious. Weird, right? But people kind of brushed it off as like, oh, he's just, you know, he's grieving. He just wants to be close to her. Which maybe. Yeah. But Okay. Whatever. We'll just, we'll just keep it in mind. Whatever trout. Right. So um, Mary Jane and Johnston, they're going around trying to tell a story. People aren't really believing him. But then they go to visit the local prosecutor. And his name is John Alfred Preston. Okay. okay. So Preston also does not really believe this story at first, that a ghost came and said that she was actually murdered. Uh, yeah. But... Mary Jane like never wavers in her story and is telling it so passionately that he starts to think like, well, maybe this is just worth looking into. Maybe not right. necessarily yeah. that there was a ghost, but maybe like something is off here. Okay. So Preston, uh, the prosecutor goes and speaks to Dr. Knapp, the one that was there at the beginning. And he learns from the doctor. The doctor states that he did not do a complete investigation or an autopsy or anything because Shu had asked him to stop because he was so upset. Yeah. So the doctor upset. says, yeah, the doctor says, um, yeah, I, I didn't do a complete investigation. And he admits that he could have been mistaken in his report. So now they're like, oh, oh well, this is kind of a problem yeah. that the doctor is admitting that he might have messed this up. Right. Right. So they just, they get um, permission to exhume Zona's body, which is kind of unheard of at this time. Like you don't dig people out of their grave. Right. Yeah. Which you still don't that do would, that hardly ever, unless there's a really good reason, but it did yeah. not happen at this time period. Yeah. There's very rare times where like, people unless they exhumed. think they can get extra evidence or something, right. which I guess this is a case of, of like, right. Hey, we, we don't have enough evidence to conclude. Yeah. The doctor says he doesn't have enough evidence to give an accurate account of mm -hmm. the death. So maybe we actually should dig her up, but it's, yeah. it's probably like the first ever time of that ever happening. And definitely in that area, at yeah. least like, cause they, you just didn't do that. And so 
naturally in the community, this was a very unpopular decision, um, especially for Shu. He was complaining that they were going to exhume her body, of course, you know, (laughs) saying like he didn't understand why they were doing it. He didn't want to go. But part of the, I guess, like the laws was he had to be present for the autopsy. And he he didn't want to go until they threatened to arrest him. And he said that he knew he would be arrested, but stated they will not be able to prove I did it. And that statement came before anybody thought that he was a murderer. Yeah, that, so that let's seems dwell like, on that for a second. That seems like <laughs> the kind of thing that somebody who's guilty would say. Yeah, they're which, not going to be able to prove that you did what, Shu? Prove that you did what? I, I mean, I, I know that you can't, like, you can't incriminate yourself, right? So, like, mm-hmm. and, like, saying that they can't prove that is very vague, but also... Just interesting. It is interesting, yeah. Especially when they're they're like, yeah, we're gonna we didn't complete your uh, your wife's autopsy, so we're we're gonna dig her up and do that. And he's like, well, you can't prove I murdered her. Yeah, it's like, it's like huh? We, well, first of all, we didn't say you did, but now, uh, pardon? <laughs> yeah. So, um, she was against it, and you know, this was a rural area, so it's not like you have people whose job it is to exhume a body. So they had to recruit neighbors to come help do this, who did not want to at all. Like nobody wants to dig up this, this grave, you know, because (laughs) (laughs) people in the community liked Zona, you know, she was well liked. She was young. She was beautiful. Nobody wants to dig up her grave and they, they just didn't want to do it. And they had to threaten to arrest the neighbors as well to get them to help. So not a popular choice. Nobody was really into it except her mother who knew that something, well, thought that something was wrong. Right. And that, that other and the prosecutor. guy. Yeah. yeah. So they, they do the, they exhume the body and it is examined on February 22nd, 1897 in a one room schoolhouse. I found one report that said. They did it in a schoolhouse. They did it in a schoolhouse. So now the schoolhouse is definitely haunted if it's yeah. still there, you know. Schoolhouse, yeah. That's well, probably, it's probably not, yeah. but. It's like <laughs> that's just you, like you couldn't man, have picked like somewhere else. else. Like you couldn't have picked like the jail or like the hospital. Yeah, the, I would or say the, the hospital for sure. Or the uh, the, the courthouse, police station. The I, I mean, yeah, that's nope. They did it at the school. Okay, the one room schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of the four buildings that they have. They pick the worst one to do it in. Yeah. Now this is another example of where facts get a little different because this happened so long ago. Okay. I read in one place that this took three days, which does not really sound that plausible. Another source said it took three hours and that seems a lot more realistic to me. Right. Like, because they said that Shu was there the whole time. It just doesn't really seem realistic that he was there and everybody was there doing this for three days. So I feel like three hours is probably much more like believable. Yeah. Unless it just took like three days for them to conclude it and tell everybody. But yeah, I'm going to go with three hours. Yeah. If that's wrong. Sorry, everyone. All right. So according to the report, this is quoted directly from the report. This was published in the newspaper. I found this in the West Virginia archives. So this is a straight quote here. The discovery was made that the neck was broken and the windpipe mashed on the throat were the marks of fingers indicating that she had been choked. The neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebrae. The ligaments were torn and ruptured. The windpipe had been crushed at a point in front of the neck. Oh, so like the thumbs pushing on the windpipe mm-hmm. and then he's crushing her, it's her pretty spine bad, pretty and everything. Bad yeah. Stuff. yeah. Ooh. So, you know, it's, it's really easy to say like, okay, yeah, he did that. 
But there's still not proof that he is the one that did this to her neck. So the ghost, when she visited her mom, Mm -hmm. she didn't say that, or she she did say that he did it. Yes. Her ghost said that Shu did it to her because he was mad about dinner, that he squeezed her neck off from the first joint or whatever. And then the, the ghost also like turned her head around all the way around, like 360 degrees to show her neck huh? was broken. Yeah. I what? forgot that detail. Oh, what? Yeah. Scary. Uh, scary. You, you just left that. Yeah. The scariest part. That completely one just out. came back to so, me. Yeah. So, so she, she, says, she showed her mom that her neck was broken and yeah. she said that it was shoe that did it to her. Cause he was so yeah. angry, but they can't necessarily prosecute him over just because her mom says that said. the ghost says, Right. That and not nobody <laughs> in the town even believes that ghosts exist. So I'm sure some people did, but there's also skeptics. Right. You know? Yeah. So, but that's also still like pretty insane for them to find. Yeah. You know, that her neck is broken, that she was strangled, you know. Yeah. So they have to do something about that. They can't just say, like, oh, I guess we're done here. You know, you have to act <laughs> yeah. on that. So Shu is arrested by Sheriff Hill Nickel. And they, um, so they arrest him. They have to travel back to Shu's house. And when they get there, Shu offers to cook everyone breakfast, like all the police and everybody oh. he's with. And they accept. And Shu cooks everyone breakfast. They eat it at his house. And then he announces that he's ready to go to jail. Isn't that well, weird? I mean, that's nice of him, I guess. Yeah, it's maybe. Pretty... Do you think that's why he did it? Maybe he was trying to make himself look good? Because I read that and my, yeah. I was just like, why? Why did he, why did that happen? Why did they stop there? Why is he cooking breakfast for everybody why are they accepting it so but maybe that is because he just wanted to look better yeah i guess so i don't know if i was cooking something and somebody like i don't know west virginia state police came into my place and was like hey you're under arrest i'd be like can we can we just eat first like i'll go in peace but i already started cooking you guys can have some yeah just like give me a second yeah yeah so i don't know he makes them breakfast everyone eats it and then he announces he is ready to go to jail so they hold him in jail in Lewisburg while they're waiting for the trial. Ooh. So he's in Lewisburg. Now, remember how I said um, nobody really had a reason to believe that he would have done that to his wife? Yeah. Okay. That all changes while he's in jail. Okay. Some crazy stuff starts to get uncovered. Nice. Yeah. So while he's in jail, yeah. it's discovered that he has actually been married twice before. And they all were strangled to death. Well. Really? Well. Really? Um, the first one, he was he had a child with her, and then they got divorced, and she accused him of great cruelty um, and said that, you know, he used to, like, be aggressive and hurt her. Okay. There was a rumor on a couple sources that she died from a broken neck falling off of a haystack, but that's not true. She was alive when Zona and Shu got married. Okay, yeah. So she did not die mysteriously. I think people just added that in later because they thought it made for a better story if the other okay, wives mysteriously yeah. died. First wife did not die mysteriously. She was... The, the second wife she was, definitely did. The second wife did. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you okay. called that one. The second wife, this is really sad. Okay. Oh, never mind. It's Take re- back no, all the excitement I had before. It is really sad. It said that she died of a mysterious circumstance. Um, that circumstance is rumored that he dropped a brick on her head while repairing a chimney. So supposedly, okay. you know, he's up That's, on the chimney, she's uh, underneath, and he's pulling the chimney up, or I'm I, sorry, pulling the brick up in a basket yeah. with a rope, and then the basket overturns, the brick falls out, and hits her in the head and kills her. How big of a brick? Right. That sounds like... That's like the most Acme cartoon Literally, way to I kill know. somebody. And I don't mean to like laugh at it because I know it's yeah. like a sad thing, but it's like, 
that's what they said happened. That's the accident. Right. That's what. So clearly that's what he told police, but he actually just broke her neck. Yeah. Now, just for the sake of presenting as many facts as I found, there are some other people that believe that she might have just died in childbirth because it was like eight months after they got married. It was within the first year. So it could have been that. But there are also a lot of sources that talk about her dying mysteriously or getting hit in the head with the brick. So accidentally, how many kids did he have whenever? As far as I know, just the one from his first wife. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, if, you if the second wife had more, a child, it did right? not survive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You would think, I mean, we already covered that there's, there's not very good record keeping, but you would think no. that, that would be kind of clarified that like either she died from a broken neck or it was childbirth. Yeah. Like one or the other, but I think that was only one website I found that said they thought it might have been childbirth. There were a yeah. lot more sources that said it was the more mysterious the death with the story, brick falling, yeah. whether that was accidental or not. The Wiley Coyote story of, yeah, okay. Yeah. And it came out that he had also already served a term in jail before. Couldn't figure out what it was for, but he has previously been in jail. And okay. so people yeah. just like didn't know about any of this stuff until after Zona died. So now it's starting to come out that he's maybe not a great guy. Yeah. And he's <laughs> not, like a... Not the loved local blacksmith that yeah. he once was Like everyone likes him. He makes horseshoes Yeah, for they said that he was like and, handsome and charming and, you know, yeah. worked hard. Um, so people didn't really have a reason to think that he would have hurt Zona. But now it's like, well, maybe he did. Because right, yeah. he was really abusive to his first wife. His second one died. And here we are. What whatever happened to his first wife? She so you said she's alive, but whatever. Well, she was, yeah, um, I, was, it's not really. Did they ever have her testify like against him in court, or no. was she just like not around for the rest no, of the she story? She wasn't there. No. Okay. Just I just know that she was alive okay. while, when Zona gotcha. and Shu got married. She did not die mysteriously falling off a haystack. That part yeah. was not true. Okay, and then also, so while he's sitting in jail in Lewisburg waiting for his trial, he starts like rambling and talking crazy and states that he wants to marry seven women and he's only like 30 something. So he has enough time left yeah. to do that. I want to marry seven, kill five of them. Mm-hmm. So he's like and then, maybe killing them so he can get another wife. He, oh, it seems like a much more accepting time to have more than one <laughs> wife. Right. I don't like, know if they die, then you can remarry. Yeah. But I don't think you can like have more than one wife at a time. Cause that's, yeah, me. that's not I legal mean, in West Virginia. Oh, it's 1890s. <laughs> True. I don't know what the laws were then. So he, but kind of weird that he's in jail right. and says he wants to marry seven women. All right. So all of that dirty laundry kind of comes out. Trial begins on June 22nd, 1897. Ooh, West Virginia Day, one day after. No, West Virginia Day is June 20th, isn't it? Tw- two days after West Virginia Day. <laughs> June day 21st. After your yeah. June 21st is the summer solstice. Okay. Yeah, you were close. Yeah. Good I was try. Close, close. Good try. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Good try me. So there, everybody's celebrating like the end of the Civil War and then they start a trial. So, okay. okay. So the prosecution is um, Preston, that attorney that Mary Jane went to yeah. and his assistant, Henry Gilmer. So they have spent like before trial started, they've spent weeks. Do you need a break? No. Oh, you're well, <laughs> trying to get your like, water. <laughs> It was a little far away. Okay. I was, yeah, I was trying to <laughs> like, cause I'm going to have to go through and listen and make sure that all the, like the squeaks and stuff, because yeah. I've been like moving my arm <laughs> and it makes a squeak on the couch. And so 
I was like, I got to get my water, but it's, it's far it's away. 10 feet away. And <laughs> you I'm need gonna, that inspector gadget arm. So you can just like reach I know, I need like it. a reacher thing. A the, reacher the, grabber. Like the T-Rex grabber? Yeah, the shark thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my favorite video in the world. <laughs> Anybody, like, I've shown everybody that video of that, like, somebody, somebody in this room is possessed by an owl and the other shark says who and then they they're like, huh? that's my favorite video so oh my gosh so in the weeks leading up to the trial preston and henry gilmer were trying to find out all this information about um shoe and that's how that other stuff kind of came to light because they are afraid like of course that the ghost story won't be enough right right because that's not like convincing enough probably shouldn't be <laughs> yeah. honestly with the legal system but right. it's so they, I mean, that's why they were trying to find out all that other information right. that they could. The defense, um, shoes lawyers were Dr. William Rucker and James P.D. Gardner. And then the judge is J.M. McWhorter. So trial gets started. Preston calls Mary Jane as his, you know, like star witness. But he did not ask her much about the ghost story because he didn't want her to appear unreliable. So he kind of, he like talks about it but skirts around it he doesn't put a lot of focus on it doesn't spend a lot of time on it because he wants her to be believed because he thinks that shu did murder um zona but then it goes to the defense and shu's lawyer did focus on the ghost story he spends a lot of time talking about it there's actually one of the court transcripts in the archives so you can read what he said to mary jane and everything she said back and he is like trying to get her to admit that it was just a dream but she won't she does not waver from her story at all. She's very Good. like firm in what she saw. She's saying like, I know the difference between being wide awake and being asleep and having a dream. And I was wide awake for all of these events. Yeah. You know, it was like my daughter's ghost came and talked to me. I knew something was wrong. Like she confirmed it. The devil killed her referring to Shu. That's, that's where she was calling him the devil. And right. so it really backfires on Shu's team because the jury is convinced by Mary Jane's story. Yeah, I I could see the the prosecution or sorry the defense trying to tear the ghost story apart by being like, okay, well, it's a ghost story, and you guys just yeah, you guys dug up her body and pulled this guy into court, blaming him for a murder, all because of some silly ghost story, right? And they're like, okay, but it it did turn out to be true, like right, the yeah. ghost said that his her her neck was broken by this guy. Mm-hmm. And it turns out her neck's broken in real life. So, yeah. So that's kind of the thing is like, if they had only had the ghost story, they probably wouldn't have been able to convince the jury that he was guilty. But I think that combined with, you know, the evidence that they did find on her neck, you yeah, know, you can't, you can't argue that it's not exhuming broken. The body and everything. They exhumed the body. And then also learning about shoes past with him hitting his first wife and then like his second wife dying. It's still all circumstantial. Like they still can't say a hundred percent that shoe did kill Zona right. because they can't prove that he's the one that broke her neck, but it's enough to convince the jury. And so there yeah. were 12 men and they decide that shoe is guilty and he is sentenced to life in prison on July 11th. Do you want to guess where he was sent to to serve his life sentence? Ooh, is it, was it a local, th- was it back to Lewisburg or was it not some, a famous place? It was a famous place. Ooh, uh, not Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. No, was it the other Moundsville? one. It was Moundsville. Yeah. yeah which okay. is a story for a whole other episode. Yeah. Moundsville. That place uh, is creepy. Yeah. Super spooky. Do you think, so he, he died in that, prison right yes do you think he's one of the shadow guys might be 
Maybe. That yeah, we definitely have to talk about Moundsville one day. Yeah, we definitely should. If it's not already on the list, I'll add it after it, this. I think it I is. I think it is yeah. though, yeah. I'm that pretty sure. And Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So he is sentenced to life in prison, which is um important to note because normally at this time that if if you've committed murder, you get the death penalty. But because it was so circumstantial, that's why they right. did life sentence instead of death penalty. Okay. Um, yeah. However, yeah, I guess it is pretty rare for like the yeah. 1800s for them <laughs> yeah. to be like life in prison, prison for murder instead of just hanging you in public. Yeah. And then all the all the parents gather around with their kids to have a picnic and watch okay. you get hanged. Funny you say that because the general public thought he deserved the death penalty and they put together a lynching mob. Really? Yeah. And they okay. went to try to go get him before he was taken to the prison. So they get together, they're storming their way there. They try to go get him. But there was a man named George M. Hera who thought Whoa. that that was wrong and they probably my, shouldn't do that. My neck pop got picked up by the <laughs> I mic. I saw, I saw it go green and then green again. Hang on. So um, George M. Hera runs to get the sheriff to tell him what's going on to see if he can stop it. And so they do. They uh, intercept the mob and the sheriff's able to talk them down and they don't. Go and hang shoe, but they wanted to. So he goes to Moundsville. He serves three years of his sentence and then dies from a flu epidemic that went through the penitentiary in 1900. It's kind of lame. Yeah, it is kind of lame. You would you you would think it would be like yeah he he served 30 years and then yeah died of dysentery or something tuberculosis. He served three years and then died from the flu. That sucks. Yeah, conditions in the penitentiary were probably not great. Yeah, probably why it's haunted. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, and then so he died and no one came to claim his body. He didn't have any family that came to get him and so really? he was buried in an unmarked grave in a local cemetery near the penitentiary. They didn't say which huh. one, but we could probably find it. Well, no we can't cuz it's unmarked, but we could probably figure right. out where the general area was. I didn't yeah, see well, it in the research, but somebody has to know. Isn't there Isn't there a cemetery that's like right across from like a pretty big sized cemetery right across from the penitentiary. I think so. Yeah. Or am I wrong? I, I know that might be there. I, I've been there once or twice and I know that right across the street from like the very front where you kind of can go in, mm-hmm. um, there's one of the big mounds there. And so they, they talk about like in Moundsville and they have one of those like historic signs that are, talk about the mound builder civilization that yeah. was here way before. But you know, that's, that's probably an additional story for another day. Probably, yeah, we could so. talk about that too. So there is um, a near where Zona is buried. There's a state historical marker there, and I'm going to read you what it says. That marker says, "Interred in nearby cemetery is Zona Heaster Shoe. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account." Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. Okay. Well, it wasn't really testimony from a ghost, <laughs> right? Because the ghost Not didn't in appear court, in court. Yeah. But testimony to her mom, I guess. Yeah. Testimony okay. by proxy. So basically, that main theory is that Shu murdered her. And then she came as her ghost to her mom to try to avenge her death and get justice. And so her right. mom helped him get convicted. Yeah. There are there, some alternative theories that we will oh get boy. into. Finish your thought though. Um, there was a movie I watched and for the life of me, I can't remember. It's been so long ago. I can't remember the title of it, but it was something about a ghost appearing to a town 
uh, because her husband murdered her. And yeah. it, I guess it was loosely based on that story. Okay, so there have been like some um, different like forms of, I don't want to say entertainment, but like plays and stuff that have come out from this story. Right. So there could be a movie. There was one, there was a play that they named Zona that the Greenbrier Valley Theater here in West Virginia did for a few years about nice. her story. Yeah. yeah, so there's been books Is, and things. So, okay, so two things, first mm-hmm. of all. Because whenever everybody talks about it's it's the only case or the first case or whatever of a ghost testimony being used to convict, to convict somebody, mm-hmm. I always think of the ghost appearing in court, which would be like if the ghost actually appeared in court, like if if Zona actually appeared to everybody and was like, "Hey, yeah. he broke." That's the guy. Yeah, the first time and I he heard this, I thought that's spun, how it happened. Spun her head all the way around yeah, in court. That, terrifying and yeah. effective. Like, but that it would be like they'd be like, okay, well, let's just hang you right now because we got we got rope out back. Yeah, and that would be enough yeah, in the eighteen hundreds. Sure. But um, and then the other thing is, are there was she ever seen after this? Nope. So after they convicted him, she was never seen again. No, only to her mom. Okay. Which is part of the alternative theories. Okay, go ahead. So some people think that, you know, she didn't actually see the ghost, but she just thought she did due to grief and like knowing instinctually, subconsciously that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. So she is like kind of, you know, just had this vision to herself, but it wasn't the literal ghost coming back, which is probably more easy to believe if you don't believe in ghosts that it was just from grief, which I'm kind of leaning towards that because I don't, I believe in like spooky stuff, but I don't necessarily believe in the ghost of your family member coming back, you know? Yeah, I get that. So I'm more leaning towards it was probably if she, she might have really thought that she did see something, but it could have just been where she was grieving and it was more yeah. of like a hallucination. It's just, it seems too much of an intervention to just happen to have that, have that vision, like very yeah. specific, like the, you know, right. it, it seems a lot more intelligent than that. Unless she, unless the mom actually saw, like, was there for the autopsy, which right. was like, was she at all or... Uh, I'm not sure, but she said all of this before the autopsy happened. Remember? Well, or do you mean I like mean, the initial? The, the initial no, she one. was not there because yeah, so, she lived farther away. Oh, okay. A couple, like so, a couple miles away, which yeah. was hard to travel at that time, you know? Right. So she um, was not there when she died. So, yeah, I guess it, it just seems like one of the things where you would, you would only have that vision of grief because you... Like there's so many things you could die from Mm -hmm. and having a broken neck and having like being strangled to death is very specific. It just seems like it's a lot more intelligent than just she was grief stricken and had, you know, it would, it would be totally something else for like, and I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, I don't necessarily believe in like a spirit of a family member that gets to come back and Mm -hmm. like, but uh, it it just seems a lot more paranormal or a lot more like, I don't know, call it like divine intervention kind of style where yeah. like, I don't know, like the angels in the Bible that and they're like, be not afraid. And they're have mm-hmm. all the eyes and all this stuff. Right. You yeah. Know? Now, there were some thoughts that maybe 
you know, I do believe in intuition and like instinct. So maybe she did, did have that gut feeling that she was a bad person and like was hurting her daughter. And at the funeral, there could have been some talk about how he had those things beside her head, propping it up. And that some people saw when he was helping dress her, that her head was moving loosely and falling side to side. So there could have been some of that talk that kind of like influenced what the mom thought that she saw if she didn't really see an actual ghost. So there could have been some of that subconsciously things that she felt or knew or heard that influenced what she thought she saw. Yeah. I don't really know that. I just, I, I don't know. I, it's so, it just to me. And I mean, I could be wrong and totally misunderstanding what's going on, but it just seems so like, that's such a specific thing. Yeah. And for it to happen, you said like two weeks after mm-hmm. of the funeral and everything was like, it just seems like if she was going to have a vision because she was grief stricken, she would have it like right after she got the news right. or like right after the funeral, not mm-hmm. a couple of weeks after. I think it was like after. three or four weeks after. Yeah. Maybe. So yeah. not like you, you would, I mean, you're still going to be grieving and stuff even a month right. after your daughter died. But you, I mean, if you're going to have the vision, then you would think it would happen sooner right? when you're more so having that that problem with all the grief and stuff yeah i don't know but it just like i said Mm -hmm. it just seems too specific for a ghost to show up and say my husband broke my neck and then you spin your head 360 degrees that's it's too weird and too spooky Yeah, because the mom didn't know for sure that her neck was broken unless she just inferred that but yeah, know. but like I said, I mean, it's... She just knew something was wrong at, at the minimum. Yeah. Knew something bad had happened. Right. Which I feel like moms probably just know that about their kids. Like, you just get the feeling. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, another theory. This comes from, probably from a lot of people, but for specifically from an author named Katie Lyle Letcher. She wrote a book called The Man Who Wanted Seven Wives, The Greenbrier Ghost, and the Famous Murder Mystery of 1897. She thinks that Mary Jane just completely made up the ghost story, but knew that she was dangerous and wanted him arrested. She thinks that Mary Jane knew somehow like about him hurting his first wife and that she knew that she had done something to Zona, but right. was not would not be able to convince people of just saying like, I think that he hurt her, exhume her. So she made up the ghost story to try to make it more enticing or like intriguing and get people to listen to her. Um, which maybe, maybe I guess because, because it, we have to remember from the beginning, Mary Jane hated shoe. Yeah. Everybody else didn't, but she did. She, from the start, didn't even want Zona to marry him. Yeah. Maybe she knew from, cause she lived a few miles away. You said, Mm -hmm. so maybe she had heard, of some other stuff of like why maybe there was rumors going around before, yeah. like whenever he first came into town that like, oh yeah, yeah his, he his, divorced uh, his first wife his that he had a kid with and his second wife yeah. died. Yeah. And he had been in prison for something. Right. So okay. she, but so she didn't like him. So maybe she just made up the entire ghost story because she knew that he was bad and yeah. wanted people to like take action. If he wanted seven wives and was killing his wives to, get the seven wives. Does that kind of make him a serial killer? Yeah. Hmm. 
And maybe that gave her another reason of wanting him arrested because she knew it was going to hurt his next wife. That could have been it. Okay, so maybe she didn't even know any of his past, but she believed strongly enough that he had killed Zona and she didn't want that to happen again to his next wife. And that's why she was adamant about it. I don't know. Well, there's two more theories. Uh, These ones get a little more ridiculous aliens <laughs> like really little bitty ones in the blood in the blood they're about on par with that okay okay i'm gonna save the ridiculous one for last so this one's also ridiculous but okay. not as bad i'm excited this is my favorite so my favorite part of everything is when we start getting into like the really weird stuff yeah i read this and i was just like huh so some people believe that shu was innocent that he had an unfair trial which maybe he had an unfair trial probably because there was a ghost testimony involved, but there was a lot of circumstantial evidence. So, but some people believe he was innocent that Zona actually died from a miscarriage because of that one report that said she died on childbirth and that her neck was just broken during transport of her body. And like, I'm sorry, but have you ever seen a deceased person be transported? They do it pretty gently and like respectfully, like how hard would you have to be, moving somebody around to break their neck. You, I mean, they would have to like drop her, I guess. But also you would think if they did an autopsy and they're examining that he would, they would be able to tell like, cause, cause for you to die of a miscarriage, you have to be like pretty far along. Right. Or, well, not necessarily, but, but like, let me read the autopsy report okay. again. The doctors said, this is the quote. The discovery was made that the neck was broken and the windpipe mashed. On the throat, there were marks of fingers indicating that she had been choked. The neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebrae. The ligaments were torn and ruptured. The windpipe had been crushed at a point in front of the neck. Like that, you're telling me that happened in transportation of the body? I don't think so. Right. Yeah. Also, extremely specific problems to have with your your neck. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's ridiculous. Yeah. Throw that out. Had he been innocent, maybe. Had she died from miscarriage, maybe. But that does not explain her neck injuries. Right. Like somebody did that to her. Okay, so that's just like stupid. (laughs) Throw that one out. Now, this is the one that is so insane that I almost didn't even want to bring it up. I already believe it. Let's go. You're not going to. It's so dumb that it feels disrespectful to the family. Okay. Like, I hate it. And you want to know where I found it? Reddit. (laughs) Reddit. Of course it was on Reddit. But like several people had this idea. Don't know where they got it from. They theorized that the mother did it and framed Shu because she hated him. They think that Mary Jane killed Zona. I bet. Yeah. Like what would even the motive be? She, because she was so mad (laughs) at her for marrying the guy that she didn't Mm. want her to marry. So they got into an altercation. And because Shu has a good alibi, he was at the market all day blacksmithing mm-hmm. and told the kid to go by. He didn't know. Yeah. And the mom, nowhere to be. Where was the mom? Where's her alibi? Yeah, good question. It is a good question. Mm-hmm. Her, she doesn't have one. So the theory is that the 50 some year old mother strangled her daughter and, and framed Shu. And how? So this is more believable. No, because, it's not. Because. How in the world, if the mom didn't know that the daughter was, if, if she didn't do it, mm-hmm. right? Like right. the OJ Simpson book, if, if I did it, yeah. if, if the mom didn't do it, then how would she have known 
that the neck was broken. And because the ghost told her. <laughs> is it more likely that the ghost told her? Or is it more likely that she did it and then wanted everybody to know that she didn't she didn't die from what the doctor said, heart attack. She died because her husband strangled her to death. Right. And the ghost told me, and I know she died from strangling to death because I did it myself. Yeah. And I'm framing the husband. Okay, so that was these Redditors, their reasons was how did the mom know about the neck if she didn't Right, yeah. But I think that's aliens in the blood level absurd. I think it's a lot more likely that the guy that severely abused his first wife and accidentally killed his second one probably also killed his third one. Maybe it was a team effort. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah. Okay. I, it is suspicious. Yeah. That the mom knew all of the stuff about the neck and didn't, but of course, like you said, maybe she knew about his past and maybe, maybe she wanted to frame him for, Maybe because so, she hated him. Right. I don't know. Um, there's I, a, I think that's as equally believable. <laughs> yeah. Th- as the ghost story. As yeah. Probably. Because you, I mean, either way, how do you know about the neck? Cause the ghost told her. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> not the ghost. Okay. And then I have an extra little tidbit that I didn't know where to put this in. Cause it doesn't really go with the story, but it's just. Worth mentioning. Okay. So some people think that um, Zona might have had a child out of wedlock prior to meeting (gasps) Shu. Oh, no. Before she got married. Scandalous. Um, But there is like no record of this child. Like no one knows who the father was. No one knows what happened to the child. Like they probably gave it to a different family because remember, this was a very religious household she lived in. Yeah. So it like looked really bad on the family. So they would have had to keep it hush hush. But... Ancestry.com is offering a free subscription or free membership or whatever to anyone who can figure out what had what happened to this child. Really? Mm-hmm. Ancestry.com. Uh, hey, if you're out there and you're the great grandson, <laughs> great great grandson of, of Elva Zona Heaster Shoe. She yeah, wasn't shoe at the come time. Come forward and reveal yourself to Ancestry.com and you get a free you get to send your DNA for free so that they can keep it and harvest it. Mm-hmm. And make clones of you. <laughs> That's what they're doing with all that DNA they're collecting. Why, okay. why else would they need it for? That's a topic for another episode. So that's the story of the Greenbrier ghost. I do want to say that, like, you know, we have some crazy theories that we've talked about, but it needs to be mentioned. You know, again, like we said in our first episode, this was a person. This was a real person that lived. Yeah. She had a real family and she was, from everything I read, very loved by her family and like the people in the town. So what happened to her, whatever happened to her, no matter what happened is very sad. And I hope that justice was served appropriately for her because, you know, she was 23. She had been married for barely three months right? and something horrible did happen. So that is very sad. And it is important to remember that she was a person that was loved and I'm sure was missed greatly by her friends and her family. Yeah, so that's it. I is hope, hope justice was served. It's hard so. to say. I I hope. I hope, regardless of like what the theory is, that they actually got whoever did it, because clearly it wasn't just a, you know, it wasn't just a. It wasn't just a natural death. Yeah, it I wasn't mean, something violent happened. Heart attack to her. wasn't childbirth. Mm-mm. Wasn't you know, it. 
Yeah, it, it just seems like, and it could have been like even like something else. Like maybe, maybe the maybe Trout really didn't do it. Maybe it was yeah. just and maybe there was a rogue strangler mm-hmm. about. So, of course, I mean the ghost did say that Trout's the one that did it. So right, who knows? <laughs> who who knows? Who knows? But it's a ghost it's story. Creep, it's a little creepy either way. Creepy. It is ghosts are creepy by themselves. Yeah. First of all, especially when you turn your head completely around. So yeah, and I think like unattended violent deaths like that are scary because like we we still don't a hundred percent know what happened to her, right. but clearly something did. So that is scary too. But. Yeah, no. I, I guess, the, I mean, that's kind of the big creep factor of all of it is that, like, you just don't really know what happened. Right. And there's all this paranormal stuff surrounding it. So, and also you'll never, probably never figure it out. So, I mean, at this point, it's... It's been over 100 years about, and there's yeah. not a lot of... Everybody's already settled on the fact records. that they, the ghost said that the husband did it and they put the husband in jail and he died. So, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's a good episode. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Today it was a hand episode, so that means I got to sit back and relax and <laughs> drink your just, hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, drink my hot chocolate in my elephant mug. Drink my Dr Pepper. Get the hiccups. <laughs> it's really hot chocolate and Dr Pepper don't go super good together. No, but not I gotta, the ideal combo. I got to figure out what I'm going to do for the next episode. Oh, it'll be a surprise! Yeah. Shane episode in two weeks. Topic was, to be determined. I was thinking about doing the uh, the yellow deli cult mm. but because it's the appalachian trail cult yeah so it'd be an appalachia episode but i don't know how long it's going to take it it feels like cults just take so much time yeah. and i'm so into giving like the dawn of time well we might have our first everything. like multi-part multi-part yeah. series people are gonna get topic. really annoyed at like <laughs> me making fun of all their sandwiches <laughs> they're a deli oh my god yellow deli yeah, we've we've got like this whole big document that and and unfortunately, <laughs> I guess fortunately, unfortunately, we keep adding stuff to it. Yeah, we're not gonna run out of ideas anytime so, soon. It just keeps growing. Um I, I did have a friend give me uh he wants me to cover the Baraboo Brone Bone Breaker. I've not heard of that. So I looked I did a skimming and it looks like it's gonna be hard to research, but mm-hmm. Evidently, somebody there was some guy that wanted liked the way that it felt to break bones and like oh, the sound horrible. of it, which makes me sick. Like yeah, I, that's I can't gross. watch movies that have like where they torture somebody and they break their fingers. I can't handle it. I can't watch like the UFC fights where somebody breaks their leg. It's just it makes me physically ill. So yeah, I, just, I can't watch that either. It's gross. I really I wanted to do the cult, but I don't know if it's going to be like way too long. Um, there's, there's some other things on here that we can, we can do. I could, I could do another, uh, Appalachian episode, like the Grand Mansion and Boxwood Inn in Virginia. That's yeah, kind of nearby. So home state, I was going to say hometown, but that's not our hometown, yeah. home state episode, <laughs> another Appalachian episode. Maybe well, we're not we'll in see. Virginia, so it's not our home state, but <laughs> yeah. I thought you said West Virginia. No, it's in Virginia. Oh, well, never yeah, mind. I rescind that statement. losers of the Civil War. So, <laughs> so anyway. West Virginia, best Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia, best Virginia. Shane and Hand, Virginia. <laughs> so, that, do you have anything else to share before we cut out for the evening? Um, nope, just 
shout out. Thank you to my younger, youngest sister again for the sponsorship. That was cool. Yeah. And thank you to everybody that listened to our first episode. That was so fun and exciting. Yeah. We had lots of I've, listeners. So I've been getting the analytics on it and we had lots of downloads and I, I hope it continues to grow from here. That's me too. I mean, we, cause we didn't really start to like be like anything special, I guess, but I hope more people, like, I hope people like to listen to the stories. Yeah. But, um, uh, more so it's like, it's just fun to look at like there cause RSS where, where we do our RSS feed and they handle all our hosting and stuff. They show a map of where everybody is downloading stuff. And it's, so it's a lot on the East coast. There's a little bit in the middle and then there's some on the West coast. That's so exciting. And then there's some in India. There's some in Germany. For real? Yeah. And so the thing is, I think that's just my friends who all use VPNs because oh. <laughs> they're scared of the government tracking them. <laughs> And to be fair, I do too. So, <laughs> so it's it's like I don't. I don't we know haven't if, really gone international yet. Yeah, it's I a ruse. <laughs> I don't know if we've had international listeners. If you're That's out there, funny. thank you. But I'm <laughs> I'm suspicious that it's just my paranoid friends that are yeah using. That's fair. So as but, long as um, someone's listening. <laughs> yeah, and we're. I mean, we're on all the major platforms, so it's it's really cool to because we have automatic distribution to anywhere that. Is it like a big platform? Yeah, we've got like Apple um, Podcasts, Spotify, yeah. Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts. Yeah. There's um, one that you said was going away, though, yes. so we need to mention that. Stitcher, if you listen on Stitcher, apparently they're leaving on August 29th. So, which I'm sure if you use Stitcher, they've already notified you of that. But just so you're aware, I don't really know anybody that does use Stitcher. But I've I have heard of it. I know it's a big platform. So, but if you are listening on Stitcher... Head to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Samsung Podcast, Amazon, um, Amazon Audible, anywhere else. Wherever. <laughs> yeah. um, we're on like eight eight other things that are big. And actually, um, my girlfriend was saying that she uses something I've, I haven't even heard of, <laughs> and uh, I guess we're on there too. So it's not in the list of like automatic distribution places, and mm-hmm. it's not in the list of places that I have to manually put our stuff on. But we're, we're there, there, I guess. So it's, we're, we're probably on whatever obscure <laughs> podcast platform you listen on. Just <laughs> and we're all on all the major ones. But that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, as far as the next couple of weeks, I guess we'll we're just going to keep pumping out episodes. Be back in two weeks. Um, yeah. So when is that? End of July, first of August, or something like that. Mm, and then. So we'll have some August and September, and then we'll have to come up with something special to do for October spooky month. Yeah. I'm yeah. really excited for Halloween. I'm so excited for Halloween. I love it. We, it's past 4th of July. so My husband's already started ordering more decorations for our house really? so yeah, for yeah. Halloween. You have so, so many. Excited. You have your gigantic skeleton on your couch that just hangs out all the time. Yep. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't be somebody that like put skeletons everywhere because <laughs> I would scare myself to death walking through the house at yeah, night. There's like, the life-size skeleton on our couch right now. There's a skeleton butler standing in the dining room. There is a Michael Myers mask in the kitchen. It's, you know, it's spread around. <laughs> yeah. It's a very Halloween house. So <laughs> it's, our favorite. It's, it's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, but that's pretty much it for today. Yep, we we spent a lot of time at the end just chit chatting, <laughs> but it's good. 
Um, Let us know what you think and please share with your friends. And thank you for listening. Oh, yeah. Share with your <laughs> friends. Hit the, little, hit the little share button on Spotify <laughs> and Apple Podcasts and Samsung Podcasts and everywhere. Um, you can share our Facebook page. You can share our Instagram page. Um, and by the way, you people who follow us on Instagram actually get a little bit of a special treat because we post memes on our Instagram story. So, <laughs> yeah, and photos and, to go with the episodes. Yeah, so well... The photos and stuff go on both our Facebook yeah. and our Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, though, so, you're missing out on the memes. Yeah, you're missing out on all the funnies, all the, <laughs> all the f- hilarious stuff that like me and Hannah send to each other. Or, <laughs> which the other night you you told me I had sent you like thirty things, and you're like, "Go to bed." Yeah, so that's <laughs> enough. Stop sending me stuff. <laughs> but I've I actually I send stuff to you, and I send stuff to our podcast page yeah. from my personal. And so um, I need to. By the way, I need to update remind me follow Sweetwater because we yeah, we owe them rock. a follow we we uh we've been talking about them enough <laughs> i'm i'm so close to just like breaking down and calling tyler and be like just send us the thing yeah just because we need it anyway and then <laughs> and then i'm gonna just it's just gonna be non-stop boy-o-yoing. Yeah. like terrible i cannot be in control of the buttons i'm too I'm too hyperactive for that. That sponsorship's going to go towards a down payment on our sound machine. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, we follow Olive Garden. So I shared that some of their stuff to our story. Yeah. It's like, good job, Olive Garden. Very cool. Yeah. I, I want to do that enough that eventually, like, whoever runs their social media is like, these like, guys. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, follow us back, Olive Garden. Yeah. Come on. So all of the 30 people that currently follow us on Instagram can... <laughs> comment on olive garden stuff like all at us but uh yeah like i said if you're if you're not following us on instagram then you're missing out on some of the funnies um and that's probably the best way to get a hold of us if you want to let us know any kind of topics or anything that you want to cover comment on our facebook or instagram page or you can send us a direct message on either facebook or instagram and uh we'll add it to the list like i said we've got a big google doc that has I don't, what would you tons say now like 70 topics, different topics at least yeah so we've got some uh some shorty episodes too that we've taught like stuff that mm-hmm. wouldn't really fill out like a good hour-long episode but um you know stuff that we could add in for a little treat every once in a while Maybe some so, extra episodes around halloween time yeah so we might might have to put one of those in soon just yeah. as like a little special little special little spice <laughs> a little to the, miniature episode yeah mini-sode um there's and there's some ideas behind that too but anyway that's it we'll see you next time a couple weeks from now we're going to cover something i haven't decided yet <laughs> i won't start my research the day of so <laughs> it <Hannah>. was fine <laughs> it was a good episode yeah Thanks, i'll Tom. give you that but anyway uh if you're driving Be safe driving home. Watch out for the not deer. Bye. Bye. (laughs)